0: Welcome to the Raindrop Corner Podcast, an affirming space for people who seek to enrich the human experience. This is a place where real-life superheroes and creatives get to share their magic without censorship, and I'm your host, Kay. This week's guest was Jessica Tansel. Jessica Tansel is a psychic, a medium, a spiritual healer, and just an all-around awesome person. It was really cool getting to dive into her history and how at a very young age she would see and hear and feel things that she couldn't quite explain. And then... As she got older into adulthood, she was able to truly navigate that and embrace her gifts and also pull herself out of toxic situations and follow her passion, which was becoming a healer and a guide for people in need. I hope that you all enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. And without further ado, here is an ode to our guest. The spirit flows through me like a vestibule, extracting my mind through my nostrils, only to let its entrails fall at my feet just to be extracted back up via my toes. Like quicksand, I am pulled into the earth, not entirely ready for my rebirth, my head lulled back, reluctantly accepting an ascent cloaked as a descent. (laughs) It's so easy to brandish and harbor resent. So many years of energy, not well spent, shying from what a child called monsters and what an adult said was just her imagination. Here is my proclamation. I am my morning and evening star, power pulled from punch and prolific purpose. I have been roaring since I was born, writhing under fiendish heels. I am ready for the spiritual kill. The goddess has risen, ready to shake, hallowed ground too complex to be perceived by mere sound, soul fractures once lost, ever found. The spirit flows through me like a vestibule, extracting my mind through my nostrils, only to let its entrails fall at my feet, just to be extracted back up via my toes. Electricity on my fingertips, a regular Zeus, but better dressed without the petulant need to impress. But I digress. This is not a dissertation, but it goes without saying that I am blessed. We only deal in magic here, and my energy is a kingdom to which only I have true access. Today we have Miss Jessica Tanzel on the show today. Thank you so much for coming and speaking with me today.
1: Thank you for having me, I'm super excited to be
0: here. You are a medium, a spiritual teacher, a healer, and a psychic witch. And you've got like a slap of goddess energy behind you. So I'm (laughs) super excited to talk to you today. I want to kind of rewind a little bit and I want to dive deep because the words medium and healer and psychic are words we've heard before. And a lot of times the way the mainstream media depicts them, it's a very generic and oftentimes untrue version of what all of those things actually are. So let me ask you, when someone says the word medium or psychic, what do those words mean to you?
1: For me, personally, as a medium, I connect to people who have passed away. Mm -hmm. I connect to their spirit. I break through evidence of who they are. I break through messages from them. And I feel like a medium is a medium between many It's not necessarily me in the spirit world, but also me in my healing. Also, maybe I'm a medium between a reading and somebody having clarity on manifestation. There are so many things that we can be a medium between. So in my work as a medium, it is specifically connecting to spirit and also as a medium It brings in a lot of the spiritual awareness and that may drop into more of the psychic side of things where I'm reading your energy, what's going on with you, what's happened, what's potentially coming up. And I say potentially in my psychic readings, which I do call spiritual readings, Mm -hmm. that it is potential because we can make a decision to turn right instead of left and it changes our whole pathway. Even though what I've said may line up, it's like a guide. It's a guide to say, hey, okay, maybe that's, you know, not the way you want to go. So we make a change so it changes that pathway. So it is what you want it to be. So they are very different things. Mm -hmm. And they can also go hand in hand a lot.
0: And thank you for breaking it down, too, because I think it just lends itself to How much intersectionality and how much crossover happens in the spiritual community, depending on what your gifts are. So, I have to ask because being able to connect with different realms and spirits, that has to be something that initially might possibly be terrifying. So, tell me a little bit about, let's go back, because you say that you had your spiritual awakening when you were 30 years old, but tell me about Young You. Like, when Jessica was young, did you have any of these instances as a child or as a teenager at all?
1: What I remember as a child is I remember always feeling like I was going to see a ghost. Being in bed at night, wanting to pull the covers over my head so I wouldn't see them. And I didn't know then what I was experiencing, but really what I was experiencing is I felt the spirit around me. I knew they were there. I could feel them. I just couldn't see them. And we don't all see with our physical eye, but our mind's eye. And so I, as a child, blocked it out. And as a teenager, I really don't feel that I knew much about my intuition, but that's when I became a performer. And performing is where I really hid a lot of my emotions. Mm -hmm. It's where I could really be someone else and not in some of the life instances that I was having to deal with, you know, but it wasn't really about my intuition at that point. And maybe it was, you know, as we talk about even going in after that into like my early college years, how I'm trying to fit in or trying to find my way or trying to understand mm-hmm. and coping or, clo- or shutting down and not knowing what I'm shutting down with drugs, with alcohol, with sex, Didn't even know what it was until I was 30.
0: So what happened when you were 30?
1: When I was 30, I was taking a shower, and I just had this random thought in my mind. Jessica, tell your mom I love her, and I'm sorry I wasn't there for her. And I knew immediately what had happened and who it was. But my initial thought was, wow, that's a really weird way to talk to yourself. Mm -hmm. And then I realized it had been happening my whole life. I realized that I had been saying, hey, Jessica, my whole life, i had been hearing spirit, but not realizing that it was spirit because it comes in my own inner voice. It was like my voice, and then I knew it was my mom's cousin. And I called her and told her the message, and she said, Jessica, I got that message five years ago.
0: But our friend
1: at the psychic said it was the letter M, and I assumed it was my brother Mike. And I said, no way. It was your cousin Mark. I know it. And she passed tragically eight months later. And I steered clear, but I do remember feeling people around me, knowing that my grandfather was next to my bed, but I'd never met him before, but I could see him. Knowing that my ex-fiance was in the corner, like feeling really weird about it, but not really understanding it. I was in a really abusive relationship, and there were scary things that happened. You know, anger has this residual energy.
0: Yes, it does.
1: A lot of anger and a lot of toxic stuff happened in my household, so I was seeing energy. Move. And I was scared to be in my house. I was scared to be in my room. I was scared to tap into this ability because I didn't understand it. And I didn't have anybody that really felt like they could really teach it to me, although I did have someone that could tell me it was normal. You know, that's Mm -hmm. normal. Had to sit in on meditation and waited until after my dad passed until I really started to study and understand it. Realized I didn't have to be scared of it, that I had complete control over it, that I could set boundaries with it, that I could turn it on and turn it off, that I didn't have to. And honestly, for most people, it's on a lot because we, those of us that have been in trauma, Mm -hmm. can read energy so easily.
0: i also wonder a little bit about that journey of like being really fearful because that is scary when you're seeing and feeling all of these things that you don't understand and you feel like you can't voice it aloud because people are gonna think there's something wrong with you so how did you believe in yourself and navigate your own trauma so that you could heal and become the healer when
1: I- Mm -hmm. And so I felt safe with the person that I saw and that person helped me to understand that I was experiencing talking to spirit. Mm -hmm. And so how I became, how I really got past the fear was having a community, was having a person that understood it, was having a community of others practicing it. And I was able to get in a circle and really understand it more. And from there, gaining other teachers, going to other schools, tapping into it and using it and using it so not everybody can get in a circle. Mm -hmm. There are a lot that are virtual. There are a lot that are in person, and they're all different and unique, but really it's about this validation and feeling a connection, right? Like, oh, this is normal, and I have somebody lifting me. I have somebody telling me, yes, that's it, or hey, dig a little deeper, so I got to understand it with several teachers here in Louisville, in New York, in England. I got to study with so many people to help grow and understand it. So then once I felt comfortable, I would practice reading. And then I would start to book readings. And it felt like the more that I did it, and it typically is, the more that you do it, the more that you get used to it, you start to trust it more. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is you don't always get validation.
0: No, you don't.
1: No. I, and so when I do live readings, it's mm-hmm. like I'm telling you the information and take it as you will, you know. But not getting the validation is hard. And mm-hmm. So in the beginning, having some validation, having somebody that can guide you and support you makes it so important for you to trust it. And from there, once you trust it, it opens new doors. You know, healing is like... It has layers to
0: it. Yes, it does. has layers to it. It also continues. So, <laughs> and it never stops. It never stops, right? So, <laughs>
1: but it's like step one, Jessica awakens, right? And step two, she has this gift that she's going to learn. And then the healing starts. And then the, like, even grow, 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 grow with the teacher. And then need to shift, shift, shift to grow, grow, grow with another. Mm-hmm. Layers of healing, layers of teachers, layers of community have brought in my healing. How I've become, how I've healed, and how I've become the healer while I'm healed. And I've healed many different things in many different ways. And the way I started was really having a daily ritual for myself. I don't think I called it a ritual then, but it was a daily ritual.
0: And what did Where it did look it like?
1: Was, it was like a few yoga poses. focus on my breath for just a minute because I had enough time for that. Mm -hmm. And then I go to the dental office and do my dental hygiene job, (laughs) right? And I noticed that just that short amount of time changed my reaction to things. So the first part of healing was like, oh, I need time for myself. And then it has been layers. (sighs) I'm trying to think of like the instances like that was my first step up then I had to look at the things that had happened, and it took more for me to get to that. I was aware of things. I was starting to uh, find things that had happened to me that I knew that had happened to me, yet I hadn't said it was real. Mm-hmm. You know, like childhood sexual trauma? Oh, well, oh, that really happened. I'm not making it up in my mind. Mm-hmm.
0: to it's a use thing
1: to and so i utilized, not i've utilized many tools but the one that has really been what i've worked with for the past few years that has helped me is plant medicine mm. and what i found is it's allowed me to open my heart space to build new safe Mm-hmm. so it's like just allowing just opening and saying i'm open to healing and my suggestion is please ask for with grace and ease. every time you release and every time you're calling back because any type of healing you're doing you're calling back pieces of your soul that you left behind
0: and much to your point that is one of the most important pieces if you can't acknowledge that you need to heal and be able to take a look at yourself it is so hard to do that and it stifles you in terms of your spirituality, your gifts, and then other things that you're doing just in your everyday life. I agree with that 100% and I do want to go back to something you said. You said that once you become open it starts to open doors for you. What are some of the biggest doors that were opened for you once you did take a look at yourself and you started to heal? Well
1: there is something to be said about what you said which is as you look at the pieces Mm -hmm. And I feel like it. as you heal, it's like, oh, that's out of the way. I can see clearer. Oh, that's out of the way. Oh, my gosh, my vision opened. Oh, I've looked at that now. I'm willing to look at that. That's what was attached to my clairvoyance I couldn't see. We moved things out of the way. So the healing allowed my channel to open. Allowed me to trust my channel. Allowed me to utilize it every day because in the beginning, I didn't recognize it. And now, more and more and more, I can recognize it, I can trust it, and I can see more. When I'm in a process, when I'm in my healing, when I'm not functioning well, because we all go through, most people go through a period where they are like, I'm not feeling good, I need to get this out and make it emotional. Some it's shorter, some it's longer. When I'm in that, there's too much in the way for me to do a session. Can't heal you while I'm in the midst of it, but I can heal myself and ask to be moved out of the way. And all of those things that I've been through are utilized in my reading. So I also have to be willing to see it in other people. And usually, the people that I work with healing in and there's a bunch I owe me to. Let me tell you what they're showing me about mine. And that's how I work with people. I'm like, they are showing me my stuff. Here's. What I'm getting about there are mm-hmm. things that might, you might want to look at. And it's always like, I'll never make you take anything on, but it is like, oh, maybe I have something to look at. And that has really, as I've moved things out of the way, or as I've looked at things, as I've been willing to admit things, it's changed the way I move forward in life, and it's changed the way I teach, and it's changed the clarity that the information comes
0: through. Walk me through a hypothetical session. So somebody comes to you and they say, I've gone through XYZ and this is really this is something that's really heavy and hard for me. How how would you help a standard person navigate their traumas, at least in that time span? I
1: do feel that healing is a big piece of my work. I'm a psychic, I'm a medium, I do medium sessions, I do spiritual reading. But I feel that my work is really in that healing aspect, mm-hmm. so it does look different from those sessions. You know, in those sessions, it's me getting information from the spirit realm or psychic to bring to you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in a healing session, I want to hear from you because the pieces that you're telling me, I'm getting it, and I'm saying, this happened to me. I want to work on this. I want to know more. I want to get past it. And so I'm going to sit and say, what, what's going on? What do you need from me? Mm-hmm. And it might just be that you're in for an energy session. And you're like, well, i got pain in my right hand. I'm like, cool. Let's get you on the, the table. And I'm going to do an energy healing session. And so in an energy healing session, I do some vocal toning. I use shamanic drum. I use sound bowls. I use aromatherapy along with my Reiki energy healing and I move the energy, and I help move the energy through the chakras, Mm -hmm. make sure the chakras are clear, and make sure there aren't any energy blocks within your energy, and once I'm done with that, I will bring you back, and talk through what I got, and it might be that I'm seeing energy hanging on in an area in the body and it's something for you to be mindful of mm-hmm. it may be that they're showing me a memory I will work through a memory and from there it becomes this back and forth I will give you information but it what that does is as I move the energy it helps to unblock some of the and block is not my favorite word but it's mm-hmm. a resistance of energy or a pool of energy that is staying like there. That. You can't get past it, mm-hmm. and so as I move the energy and clear it, it frees us up to be able to understand it or see a different viewpoint. And there are many ways to do that. An and energy session is just one of.
0: them I'm going to challenge you for a moment. It's not in the sake of even rebuking anything you just said. I feel like a lot of people hear the words reiki and energy, and it's also it's been made basically trendy nowadays. So when you say moving the energy and doing Reiki, what actually is happening in the body of that person you're working with and with you when you're doing that? So
1: Reiki is a Japanese form of healing. It's been around for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And it is something that I teach. And it is just one form of energy healing. And so energy, energy is neither created or destroyed, right? So <laughs> we keep our energy. So when I am channeling the Reiki energy, typically for me, my hands will heat up, mm-hmm. and I know that that's where I'm utilizing my hands to move the energy. So sometimes I'm, sometimes I might have my hands on your shoulders or your back or your head, and your feet or legs. But sometimes the energy is just hovering, and for me, I do visually see things, especially when I get to the chakras, mm-hmm. to where I will physically see. Uh, In the chakra that I need to pull out and remove. And I'll unlock it, unhook it, and remove it. So for me, it's very visual. For the client, I'd say at least 50, (laughs) if not 75% will say, I didn't feel anything. I'd say, that's okay. Mm -hmm. That would be so normal. You don't feel a thing but peace, Mm -hmm. but calm. And typically for those that are in their head a lot, when I started their head, for majority it slows down their thought and they're able to relax a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Some people can feel when I move the energy. I have several that will be like, Oh, were you above my stomach because I felt a sensation or I felt a heat. But that's not everybody. And mm-hmm. I feel that everybody feels energy differently. Every Very psychic, true. every medium, every person. Even though we all are using our players, we all get information in a unique way. So it's really... Not leaving the body, although there are energy that I pull from the body, it's stabilizing the mm-hmm. energy, it's moving it so that you have a clean flow through the meridians, through the bloodstream, through your chakra system. It touches base on everything.
0: And you're basically reconditioning it.
1: Yeah, and it's really helpful for mood, depression, anxiety, and that can. Because it helps the emotion, it can often help release the pain in the body Mm -hmm. because often our pain is related to an emotion or a memory or a person. And so as we remove that energy or as we move it and stabilize it, we're able to get a hold of that memory and look at that and help that release. Let go of that cord. We have energetic cords that we need to let go of forward and
0: let go of that work past that if that makes sense it makes perfect sense and I love that you phrase it that way chords is a word that has come up just in talking to people for me personally throughout my entire spiritual journey and I like that you talked about how that experience as you're doing Reiki as you're doing energy work on someone is different for every person Because I think a lot of times people go into a Reiki session or even into a tarot session or whatever kind of session it is expecting a very specific result. And if they don't get it, sometimes that can be disappointing for them. But there's just so many ways to experience healing and to experience guidance. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Absolutely. And I think that would be one thing that as I teach is to
0: I love that and you're absolutely right. I want to take a moment and kind of key in on something for a moment. These things were always in you. These gifts were always a part of you. They just needed to be unlocked essentially. But unlocking those things can be like this really it can be heavy sometimes and it can also it can be a lot. So as you were unlocking these gifts and as you were navigating them, learning about them, embracing them, and using them to help other individuals. What are some of the biggest untruths that you learned about yourself and the world around you?
1: That is a a tricky question. Let me just sit with that for a second because I really feel like it has to do with, for me personally, a lot of judgment. Mm -hmm. Not only on the craft itself, whether I call it being a witch or whether I call it being spiritual, but also on myself and my intuition. That it's often you will see people think that you're seeing. How do I say this? People think that I'm just having this conversation like you and I are. Mm-hmm. When really, when I'm talking to spirit, it's like playing Pictionary. So when you say people have this expectation when they come in, it's going to be like, you, "This is Uncle Joe, and he said in the top right dresser there is this watch, and you should have found it there." That it's often impressions mm-hmm. when it comes from relationships. So there is that judgment on what it should be, but mm-hmm. also for an intuitive that is learning. There's so much self judgment. And I would say what I learned is to trust my instinct and to trust myself more. And it does take a lot of confidence to do this work. And you have to get to know yourself to be able. The one thing I learned was how to trust myself most. And it still took more work. But you know what I mean? Like think
0: i in a roundabout way answered that question no it's it's answering the question because what you're saying like the self-doubt that comes within the judgment that you feel it's we can choose to internalize that and make that a truth or we can choose to just trust our intuition like you just said so in a way that is an untruth and it's your truth So that's the perfect answer to the question. My therapist, as funny as this is going to sound, asked me that one time. And she was like, ask people that and see what they say. And I'm like, why would I just ask random people? She was like, no, ask people that you're talking to what their untruths are. And I was like, okay. And I started doing it. And I just found that it was just a really cool way to get people to think a little bit deeper about what they do. And also the personal resistance that they've had with it. Um, And when I, especially when I'm talking to someone who is very spiritual, such as yourself and very in tune with herself, I wanted to see what that journey was like, because when you are an awesome, bomb ass person like you, it, it takes time to get there. That's not something that happens overnight. And it's something that you have to do every day as you're navigating life. So my next question for you, I wanted to ask you, what are the biggest misconceptions about what you do?
1: (laughs) Well, first, thank you. I really appreciate that bomb ass statement.
0: That's so fun. You're welcome.
1: worry about that when I go out with friends or if I go around people where they want to shut down or walk away because they think I'm going to read their energy or break through their loved one. And for me, it's not that way because mm-hmm. I have so much going on in my mind that I can turn it off, but I turn it on when I need to. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that's one of the biggest misconceptions. The other is, you know, as a healer that I'm healed. Mm-hmm. This statement came up in my last goddess retreat. How do you get to the point of healing? And I was like, well, let me back up. I think I said the wrong words. Because what I really meant was I'm healing. I'm not healed. I've, I've healed pieces. I've looked at things, and I know that still that piece that I've been looking at, I've had to look at it in many different ways. So I would say your healer is not perfect. Your healer also has wounds that they're healing, and I feel that once we've had that all figured out, that we're done here, right? That's Mm -hmm. it. we like, oh, I figured it all out. I can go in peace. Mm -hmm. But we have so many layers, and when you add the layers, like the one that I've been looking at the past couple days with, with my friend that is my healer, she's like, oh, I just saw it. This is a generational one, which makes sense. So it's not only like what's happened to me or what I've done to others, but this lifetime, my family's connected lifetime, I mean, there's so many layers. So to allow that, to know that the person that you're with that is your healer, they're going to understand you not being perfect because they aren't either. You're probably showing them a lot of their stuff too and helping them. Even my students who think, I I am helping them. I am teaching them. And also, we're always the student and the teacher.
0: That's true. That never stops. So I have to ask you, because you were a dental hygienist, I think, for 14 years. What made you make the shift after being in a career for so long into specifically focusing on mediumship and healing and also um, just the other facets of work that you do?
1: It's amazing how my work has transformed even since I quit my dental hygiene career. I never thought I would quit dental hygiene. I thought I was going to do dental hygiene for life. And actually, when I started college, I started college in musical theater.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, that's
1: awesome. I went to performing arts high school here and went to Point Park College in Pittsburgh for musical theater. And. Decided that I wanted a career that made money mm-hmm. and ended up winding into dental hygiene. And so through dental hygiene, during the times that I was working there, I started to develop my gift over many of the years that I was there. Mm-hmm. I kept getting a message, sometimes through readers, but also through my own intuition, that mm-hmm. I needed to do it full time. And I kept pushing it off finally, someone, a reader, a good friend of mine that's a wonderful reader in town, he said, you just need to set a date. And so I was cleaning teeth this week. It was a Monday. I was cleaning somebody's teeth. My bank account went negative and I usually very talkative.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> People sit in my chair open their mouth and say, tell me about you. And be, da, 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 da. But I was real quiet. And I was cleaning teeth and I just kept thinking, where is my manifesting mindset? What's happening? Mm-hmm. My bank account is Mm-hmm. and i pulled my team leader in and i said i'm putting in my work notice and i said what else you got universe i'm ready <laughs> and i that's quit. awesome and then pandemic happened and my business has transformed through the pandemic
0: oh but wow so very recently
1: all over the world. Mm-hmm. And so it actually was a really good thing for me to open it up a little bit more. It was just meant to happen that way. And through my own healing, have then transformed into working with plant medicine monthly and cow ceremonies. Mm-hmm. I'm opening that that I'm opening that up to virtual ceremonies soon and leading retreats. And it's amazing to where I came from dental hygiene and doing readings into doing so much more healing work, deep trauma healing work with
0: my intuition. That's amazing. And I find it very interesting exactly when it happened. At a time where the normal heavy stuff that people have to go through on a normal basis was then multiplied times three and five because we're now in this state of the world where not everybody's sure what's happening. People are losing loved ones. The stress is just greater. There's been a lot of change for people. So I think that's really cool that you made the decision to do that. And then you made your business boom during the pandemic and you were able to kind of be that vehicle for people who were feeling kind of at a loss of what to do or just needed that extra assistance.
1: So as a medium, and when I teach mediumship, it has nothing to do with me and everything to do with the healing and whatever method I can provide them. Whether it's through a reading, giving clarity, mediumship, I know connecting with my parents and losing my mother tragically, connecting with her in spirit is so healing, and that's why I do this. And I just am amazed and grateful at where it's brought me, my healing, that I can help others in their healing. It's my favorite space to be encircled with my sisters and my brothers and safe and sacred and we can open our hearts together and communicate and share and laugh and cry. It is so amazing to actually take me out of the equation and let that be about all of us together as a community. And I feel that actually I'm a gatherer of people and connect people and i love being able to do that and even if i'm not the healer for that person i hope somebody says you know i think that i need something in this realm and i would love to help people find that i'd love to be your healer i'd love to be everybody's healer and also i'm very open to having what you need for your healing Mm -hmm.
0: i like that a lot because the way you phrased it i feel it's very particular it's What works for this person might not work for this person, but I'm open to being a conduit for whatever you specifically need. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people could benefit from. And I've just, I thoroughly enjoy everything that you stand for and what you give to the world around you and other people in it. So Jessica, thank you so much for coming and speaking with me today. I thoroughly have enjoyed talking with you.
1: Thank you so much for asking me to be on your podcast and I have so much love for you I'm grateful for you
0: thank you you're very welcome and you are always welcome back whenever you would like to come back and Jessica if individuals would like to find out more about you, what you do or potentially work with you where would they go to learn more about you I will link that and thank you again for coming on the podcast and everyone else until next time. Thank you to all of our listeners out there. As always, you are the most beloved and make all of this magic possible. It was really cool getting to talk about mediumship, psychics, also spirituality and energy specifically. A lot of times when we hear these terms, they're framed by the TV shows that we've watched or by the books that we've read or the opinion that it just doesn't exist or that it's something that is more of a make-believe sort of thing. And it was cool getting to know about some of the stigmas behind doing the type of healing work that Jessica Tansel does and also hearing about her journey and just how healing isn't this binary, linear thing. It is all over the place, and sometimes it can be messy, and it's something that you do every day. The Raindrop Corner podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all standard podcast streaming platforms. Until next time.